Welcome back, everyone, to Talk to Talk with your girl, Anita Love. I'm coming to you from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. God is good. He blessed me to see another day. My family is good. And well, you know, <laughs> that makes me even more blessed. Um, it's been a minute since I've been on here. A lot has been going on across the country, across the world, within our own individual, immediate family, friends, work, just life in general. I'm not going to make excuses to why I haven't been um, podcasting because I just haven't. Um, there are some things that may have played a part in me not podcasting, but overall, to be honest, I just haven't been feeling it. I haven't been excited or um, I haven't been interested in it. I've been having so many other things that have been on the forefront of my mind and in my life to the point where it's podcasting hasn't even been an issue, which is kind of weird because when I first started podcasting, it gave me an outlet and it allowed me to talk about different things. And maybe I reached people, maybe I didn't. It allowed me to just honestly to just have a hobby because I really didn't have any hobbies other than bowling at that time. Um, and at the time when I first started podcasting, honestly, I needed the outlet and the fact that so many people received me and, you know, I, I appreciate it. Um, I, I thank them and I continue to thank them, even though I may not do it publicly, I thank them. Um, I listen to various people's podcasts and I try to support um, as much as I can. Sometimes, you know, we get lost in life of doing our day-to-day -day, um, things to where we kind of put that on the back burner. But that doesn't mean that I don't support people. And that was the reason for this podcast today. From time to time, I've often struggled with not having support of family and friends, but still trying to push myself to support myself and encourage myself and just motivate myself because sometimes we as individuals have to encourage ourselves. We have to speak life and fulfillment and happiness over ourselves because if we don't, we tend to listen to those voices in the back of our head that give us nothing but negative subconsciously. And we don't think about uh, most time where those thoughts come from, where that second guess come from, lack of confidence come from. It's subconscious mind plays tricks on us. And if something happens that makes us uncomfortable or pisses us off or disappoint us, that subconscious help feed us in even more. And we intend to gravitate to that negative thought. So I've oftentimes have said on my podcast that we have to change those negative thoughts into a positive. So whenever you hear something negative in your mind that comes up, change it with a positive thought and constantly work on that. And it's not easy. So I'm never going to paint the picture that, oh my God, I have it so easy. And it's just, no, doesn't happen like that. So it takes time. And there are going to be days where it doesn't work for you. At least it doesn't feel like it works. But consistency, consistency is key for anything. And patience. And patience is a virtue, which a lot of us struggles with that virtue, including myself. But the point is, you continue you keep trying, you keep pushing. And eventually, 
day by day, you'll see and feel that things get a little bit easier and easier and easier. Um, it's, it's the same way mindset of losing a loved one. You're never going to replace that loved one. That void is never going to go away. You're going to always at some point in the day or some point in the week, some point in the month, you're going to feel that loss. You're going to feel it. I've lost loved ones. And as positive as I try to be and the reality of knowing that they're in a better place, they're not suffering, they're not needing and wanting for anything, I still miss the physical form of them. But I am so happy that they're not suffering. So I I get that point up. But the point of me bringing that up is, although it's never going to take that void, it's never going to replace that hurt, it's never going to change the narrative that they're no longer here in the physical form. If you continue to push every day to get out of bed, to make that next day better than the day before, to keep their memory alive, but also keep yourself alive in the midst of it, it will get easier. It will become easier to get out of bed. It will become easier to be able to be present in other people's memories and other people's happiness. It will be easier to accept that it's okay for you to be happy, although your loved one is not here anymore. It will become easier, you know, to to bear it and to to live through it and to go day to day without them being here. Just as being parents, when we're parents, we struggle on what's the right and wrong way to do. If you are a parent that genuinely love your kids and want your kids to be happy, safe and healthy and also to be better humans than you. And you struggle with, am I making the right decision? Am I making the wrong call? Even hard ass parents struggle within themselves as to whether they are a good parent or not. Any parent to say, well, I just discipline and I don't care. They're lying. If they love their kids, they struggle with it. Because sometimes you wonder, did I go overboard? Did I punish too hard? Did, I, did they actually get the message? Did they actually understand why? And most times kids don't get it. Most times kids do not understand why they're being punished, why they're being spanked or any of that. And yes, there's this stigma behind, well, I don't punish my kids like that. And I don't whoop my kids and I allow my kids to express themselves. Well, whoop they fucking do to you. As children, when they are babies into toddlers and they constantly grow into adolescents and teenagers, there are different processes and steps and transitioning to parenting. And not all parents are the same. There are parents that believe in spanking and there are parents that don't believe in in spanking and there are parents that believe beating is really spanking when beating is child abuse. And that in the process of all of that, you have children that may or may not understand the process of parenting. You got some kids that will laugh at their parents that choose not to spank them and parents want to talk and put them in time out. Kids will laugh at that. Some kids will laugh and some kids will find it funny and not take you serious. And most, there are plenty of parents that stick with it, consistently do discipline the way they choose to. And eventually it works for them. There are some parents that feel that if a child understands that something is wrong or is negative or they shouldn't do it in the form of a tap on the hand or tap on the leg, if they know that 
they don't like how that feel or or that hurts in a sense because that's how people verify you know justify it um kids will tend to not do it again now there are some kids that will repeatedly do it right that doesn't necessarily mean you whoop them every time they do something wrong i believe in warnings i believe in more than one warning when kids get older to understand the difference between right or wrong and yes and no I have, that's when I got to the point where I was, I will pop that hand or I will pop that leg. And as they got older to the point where they want to talk back and roll their neck. Yes. I spanked their asses and I don't apologize for my way of discipline. I don't. I was disappointed to understand the way I discipline your child may take it in a negative manner. But I think it hurt me more because all the years of them being teenagers and adolescents and teenagers and you get old, you get closer and closer and they never explained it or expressed it. And that manner that it felt like abuse or that it was ugly or that it was mean or, you know, you really did this to me. And then they became adults and social media changed the narrative that anytime you spank a child, that's abuse. Anytime you, you pop a child, that means that's, that's violence. And all of a sudden it became a, a, a sense of abuse. And that hurt it. That really hurt it because especially when you think and feel that you have a close relationship and you guys get along so well and they able to talk to you about any and everything, express any and everything. They able to tell you, well, that's mean. Well, you didn't have to say that. Really, they're able to express to you any dislikes that they have towards you and not feel like you'll beat the hell out of them or kill them. But yet in the same process, when there's when they don't understand, they may not agree with your stance on certain things and people tend to bring up past that's when it becomes you did this and it feels like an attack and I think for many parents that may have been faced with those situations that may have found it hard to accept the process it feels like judgment it feels like criticism and it feels like excuses especially when you feel like you have a relationship that's open where your child or children or however can come to you and talk to you about anything boys sex breast boobs whatever so if you have that type of over relationship and any other time they can come and they can express things to you and they don't express that to you but then when you don't agree with certain things about them then they express it it's a different feeling and sometimes kids don't understand that even adult kids they don't understand how attackful it feels and really honestly it's not really their place for the parent not to feel attacked is their place for the parent to understand why exactly they feel that way, how long they have been feeling that way, and what can they do to help them get through that? Because clearly if you're bringing it up, it's still a problem or still a trauma or still an issue. That's the mindset that I have. But when your kids say, well, no, I'm past that, it confuses you as a parent it, it confuses you emotionally because you don't know how to process it what are you supposed to do and you start questioning and second guessing everything that you did for them growing up and then you don't feel 
comfortable being you with the very people that you would die for. And that's the truth. Um, it makes you, and, and especially when you're not afraid to be vulnerable when you, around your kids, because they know you're strong. They know you hard as hell, but sometimes when it becomes a, a, a feel of judgment and, and, and criticism, it it makes, I'm going to speak for myself, it makes, it, I become more guarded to the point where I don't want to be vulnerable around them, which takes away from my comfort zone or my, my um, security of being able to be myself around the very people that I love and care about. Um, so I would say whenever there's a, a, a problem, a conversation, a disagreement or anything that comes up where a child, loved one, wife, husband, whomever, bring up something that have happened from the past that you, the husband, wife, children or whomever never viewed it that way, address it. Try to understand where they're coming from. And everybody has to play a part of, of helping to get through it and get past it. Because you don't want to keep bringing it up. You don't want to keep it to fester and then it turn into something else and then it start building resentment. That's the only thing that I would suggest in regards to that. But I'm never going to tell a parent how to be a parent because everybody is different. Every household is different. Every child is different. Even parents that have multiple kids, they will learn that they can't parent each and every one of their children the same way because most times all children are different their emotional stance is different their mental stance is different their coping mechanism is different you have to care and nurture and parent each child accordingly to that child you have one child that's stubborn as hell so you kind of have to be firm, but yet also be understanding and calm and patient with them as well. You got one that may be very pass aggressive. So you have to kind of be more consistent and insist that they speak up. Um, you have to almost kind of, I don't want to say force them to do this or sometimes you have to direct them. Hey, yeah, you're going to go and do this. Oh, no. How you feel? What's wrong? You sometimes you have to kind of push nudge a little bit to get children to express how they feel or they're uncomfortable with something or this bothers me or or I'm not happy with this because past aggressive kids is not it's not a good thing. It's not healthy. You know, it's not. Um, quiet children, you have to put them in different things or therapy or talk to them a lot, spend a lot of time with them. You have to find a way to connect with them to get them to open. Most time when kids are quiet, they're holding on to things that you may not even notice that even bothered them. That in reality, most time has nothing to do with them. But because they internalized it, it continued to shut them down. And nobody's talking about it. They're not talking about it. You're not bringing it up. And so it become an issue between that person and whatever the issue is that really most time has nothing to do with that individual. But because of how they process it, it feels personal to them. So you have to make children that's very quiet and, and um, very reserved. You have to help them be 
um, more expressive and talk and open. Kids that are bashful and shy, you have to allow them to be comfortable with themselves. You have to speak positive energy. You have to constantly remind them how amazing they are and how it's okay to say how you feel and allow them to say how they feel without attacking and criticizing or shutting them down. Because you have no idea when kids are shy and bashful, the things that they're struggling with emotionally and mentally, which a lot of kids struggle with confidence and self-esteem and things like that. But some kids that are shy and bashful comes with a whole lot of other issues, a whole lot of other issues. And it make it easier for them to be able to fall in teenage pregnancy, um, trying drugs. Um, it makes it easy for them to get into those type of avenues because they're looking for some type of acceptance. They're looking for something or someone to pull them out, you know, to be seen. Because most time kids that are bashful and quiet, um, shy, they don't um, they don't feel seen. They don't feel important, you know. And again, these are just different things that I have experienced throughout my life personally family members, and just personal things that in my own circle that different people have struggled with and went through. Uh, as a parent, it's hard work. It's never easy. It's never easy. And it's okay to not be okay. And it's also okay to ask for help. You know, there used to be a saying, it's a, it takes a village to raise children. Nowadays, social media have it where if you got help, then you're not a good parent. If you're a working mother, you or if you are a stay-at-home mother, you lazy. So, you have to stay true with yourself and you have to be true to your children and your family in regards to what best for you guys, what works for you. Because what works for Sam and Karen don't work for Anita and, and, and Larry. It just it ain't happening. I'm just saying. So just be mindful of that. And another thing, when kids criticize and insult, it's hard to not take it personal and internalize it, but do your best. To not internalize it and fester on it, because it will eat you alive. I remember it was it was days where there was a situation with my family, and it was things that was said, and it hurt me to my core, and I didn't know how to maneuver past it. I didn't know how to accept that this is how they felt, this is why they felt the way they felt. And this is what I need to do to help them get through it. Because I didn't view it that way. And until this day, I still do not view it that way. However, I learned that it's okay for everybody, for, for people to not see things the same. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you're a bad parent or you're a bad person or you intentionally did something to hurt person. It just means that... What you took from this situation, they didn't. And going forward, you know what you need to do or what, what you should do in dealing with them in those situations going forward. Um, or how, at least how to maneuver. You learn, you know, you, you, it helps you, it gives you an, a guide or an idea of what, what needs to be done. It's not easy. It was it was times, it was days where I just didn't even want to get out the bed because I'm like, 
I know that I'm a good mother. I know that I'm a good person. I sacrificed. And, I, and then I had to take I out of it and view it from that person's perspective and how they felt and try to understand what it was that I possibly could have said different and how I could have handled the situation differently. Um, and even in the process of that, I also understood that no matter what I did or what I said, it was still going to be negative. But again, they had a right to feel how they felt. So the only thing I could do was apologize for it hurting them the way that it did and make it clear that that wasn't my intention and hopefully be able to move forward from that, you know, and, and it's hard work. It's hard because even when people say they're sorry, sometimes they're not truly sorry. Or when a person say, I forgive you, they don't really forgive you. Because if a person really, truly forgive you, they don't keep bringing it up. And I, there's this saying where people are like, oh, well, I shouldn't forgive my parents because and I shouldn't forget. You don't have to. But let me ask you this. Not forgiving a person does what to that person exactly? Telling yourself, I'm not going to forgive that asshole because this YZ. Like, People that you love and care about. I'm not talking about people that have wronged you that that isn't family, right? And I'm not talking about big major wrong. I'm, we're going to start from the simplest form or just telling a fib or, you know, disappointing you. Not showing up when you wanted them to show up. Like, not forgiving does what to that other person exactly? It's not going to change what they did. It's not going to make them be able to rewind it and take it back it's still going to be done but what happens is you are continue frustrated and annoyed and anytime that person say or does something that you don't like you're extra annoyed and pissed off and at the root of all of that you are the one that's exhausted for carrying all of that around not them you are now that's not to say that that person want you to feel that way and carry all that energy but i am saying that you are the one that's carrying the load not them and forgiving doesn't mean i give you a pass to do it again forgiving doesn't mean that it's okay what you did forgiving doesn't mean that i like you forgiving doesn't mean oh we're gonna be friends again forgiving doesn't mean that you have to allow that person back in your space at all forgiving just means you did this to me it hurt it it was wrong. You shouldn't have done it. But I'm letting it go. And going forward, this will never happen again because X, Y, and Z. I'm going to protect myself. You're no longer in my circle. The hell with you. I wish the best for you, but I don't want you around me. It doesn't mean that you give that person a pass to hurt you. And I'm saying that, but let me be very honest. There are people that have wronged me and have hurt me to my core that have never been able to even think about them in regards to the possibility of forgiveness. And I'm just going to be honest with you. There are people that have took things from me that I would never, ever be able to get back. And just the mere thought that I should forgive them, it's hard for me to register because at the end of the day, I don't understand why and most time when you don't understand why it's hard for you to even try to process of what to do going forward it's hard for you to be able to put your mindset in forgiving um and i just and i'm gonna be honest with you I, i'm one of those people too that feel like if you be, beat a person rape a person if you murder a person 
I just feel like there are some things that if I tell you I forgive you for, or even if you think that I forgave you for it, I feel like it will give you a pass to continue to do it. Now, I also learned through my therapy, forgiving a person doesn't necessarily mean you have to face that person themselves and say, hey, I want to stand in your face and try to forgive you. You could write a letter and burn it. You could write a letter and tear that mug up. You can write it in your journal and just never go back to it. Forgiving doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be in that person's presence. Forgiveness is being able to take that situation and release it and not allow it to hold you hostage. Um, Being able to move past it. Being able to talk about it. And not be so full and raised to where you want to you want to kill somebody. I haven't gotten to that point yet with certain things in my life. I have worked on it because those things have kept kept me in a negative place emotionally and mentally, and it has held me hostage in regards to self blame and self doubt and insecurities. It have kept me in highs and lows of depression it has and i'm i'm not going to candy coat it the goal that i have is to continue to work on me to be a better version of myself so that every day i can try to be better and hopefully one day i can get to that point of not allowing it to hold me hostage i just haven't gotten there yet um and there are things that i don't even think about that people have done to me that I don't even think about forgiving them and but I pray to God and I give that to God and and I I'm allowing him to help me face whatever I need to face to get past that within myself um so I'm not speaking this to make the narrative seem different to benefit me that's not my goal there my goal is not to be like oh I got all this figured out because I do not um I'm a work in progress I am a work in progress. And let me tell you, my progress is very slow. <laughs> let me just say. But it is something that I continue to work on. And I'm I'm proud of myself for being able to say that I stumble. I fall. I'm not perfect. I have made mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. And I will continue to make mistakes. They're not on purpose. But I know... As long as I'm on this earth and I'm not God, that I will continue to make mistakes. Um, But I promise myself to continue to stand in my purpose and continue to work on me. You know, I fall just like everybody else. So that's why I can speak from the place that I'm speaking from because I've been there. I've hit the lowest of low to the point where... I just didn't even want to exist. I didn't. I had friends that meant the world to me that were like sisters and family to me that I lost. And that friendship and that connection has never been the same. I've never been able to rekindle that connection with them. And it it, it put me under because at one point I depended on other people's connection with me for me to feel important. I depended on other people's love for me, for me to feel love for myself. Um, yeah, like it's, I've been, yeah, I've been my worst enemy for a long time. And so 
I just wanted to really just tell people that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be the perfect parent. It's okay to not be the perfect wife or the perfect husband. It's the effort. It's the participation. It's being present. It's caring. It's the support and understanding and love. It's the consistency and patience, in my opinion, that matters the most. That's my time, you guys. I just wanted to touch in and just kind of release some things that's been on my mind that I've been going highs and lows of emotions with and just let you guys know that I am here um, and I hope that everybody is doing good. I hope everybody is blessed and happy and being as safe as possible. Um, yes, there's still a pandemic going out. There's still a lot of debate on whether to wear masks or not wear masks, get vaccine or vaccinated or not. Each is on. I just say be safe. And not to spread false narrative and conspiracy theories about the the vaccine and wearing masks and not wearing masks and the government got people brainwashed and this and that whatever because if if people can go to a crowded club or a crowded event knowing that hundreds and thousands and millions of people that have died from COVID or COVID complication clearly. The government does not have people brainwashed. I'm just saying. Um, so with that being said, wash your hands. Wear masks, not wear masks. Just try not to get other people infected. If you out here living your best life, just be mindful of other people. Coming from the medical field, this is a very deadly, serious virus. And although there are so many false narrative and conspiracy theory BS that goes on behind this vaccine, and about this virus, I'm here to tell you that it is real. People are dying, including doctors and nurses as well. This is serious. And I know there are plenty of people that don't believe in the vaccine. I was one of those people. But when you see the deaths and you see how many found, how, how much it affects so many people, including the people in the medical field, you tend to really educate yourself on real facts not he said she said not conspiracy theory news feeds and all this bs with the right wing this and and democrats this and republicans that when you eliminate that bullshit out of it and you actually read the information thoroughly and read it to where you understand and ask questions when you don't you get a better understanding of how serious this virus is Wash your hands, you guys. Wear a mask, not wear a mask. Get vaccine. Get the vaccine or not. That's completely up to you. Just be mindful of other people that have a weak immune system that are not able to fight this the way you can if you were to get infected. And again, the virus is not to eliminate you from getting the, the um, virus. It's to make it less painful, less severe, and to possibly prevent death. That's what the virus is for. That's its job. That's his job. It's not to keep you from getting virus. It's not to keep you from dying. It's to make it easier for you to not be as severe and possibly to save your life. That's my time, you guys. Uh, I want you guys to stay true to yourself. Do not let anyone else's thoughts and opinion dictate who and what you think of yourself. Continue to push to be better every day than what you were the day before. Mr. Cole, Mr. Eddie, Samantha, um, Lady T., um, um, uh, gorilla, gorilla girl. Um, of course, my brother. Um, who else? 
uh, MM, MMK, um, <sighs> Cybershots, thank you for, <laughs> I went to your, um, Instagram page and I'm just going to say that I'm, I'm a fan. I've always been a fan. I, I just think you're doing amazing work. So thank you for showing me love on Instagram. Thank you for even remembering me, you know, so I appreciate that. But everybody that's been listening to the podcast, continue to hit that listen and support button, continue to share my podcast, continue to listen and tune in. That's my time. Peace.